section five of the inheritance by susan edmonstone farrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter five what kind of catechizing call you this much ado about nothing time had passed unheeded and chance rather than design led miss st clair to retrace her steps when as she drew near the castle she was met by one of the servants who informed her that he and several others had been sent in search of her as it was long past the breakfast hour and the family had been some time assembled ashamed of her own thoughtlessness she quickened her steps and desiring the servant to show the way to the breakfast-room without waiting to adjust her dress she hastily entered eager to apologize for her transgression but the dread solemnity that sat on lord rossville's brow made her falter in her purpose with the teapot in one hand with the other he made an awful wave for her to be seated lady betty was busy mixing a mess of hot rolls cream and sugar for her epileptic lapdog an impending storm sat on mrs st clair's face but veiled under an appearance of calm dignified displeasure gertrude felt as if denounced by the whole party she knew not for what unless for having been twenty minutes too late for breakfast and in some trepidation she began to apologize for her absence lord rossville gave several deep sepulchral hems then as if he had been passing sentence upon a criminal said i am not averse to postpone the discussion of this delicate and painful investigation miss st clair until you shall have had the benefit of refreshment gertrude was confounded my lord exclaimed she in amazement i am very sorry if anything has occurred and she looked round for an explanation lord rossville hemmed looked still more appalling and then spoke as follows you are doubtless aware miss st clair that in all countries where civilization and refinement have made any considerable progress female delicacy and propriety are are ever held in the highest estimation and esteem his lordship paused and as no contradiction was offered to this his proem he proceeded but you must or certainly ought to be likewise aware that it is not merely these virtues themselves which must be carefully implanted and vigilantly watched over in the young and tender female for even the possession of the virtues themselves are not a sufficient shield for the female character it was a maxim of julius caesar's unquestionably the greatest conqueror that ever lived that his wife must not only be spotless in herself but that she must not even be suspected by others a maxim that in my opinion deserves to be engraven in letters of gold and certainly cannot be too early or too deeply imprinted on the young and tender female breast his lordship had gained a climax and he stopped overpowered with his own eloquence mrs st clair made a movement expressive of the deepest attention and most profound admiration 
such being my sentiments sentiments in which i am borne out by the testimony of one of the greatest men who ever lived it is not surprising that i should feel and feel deeply too the glaring indiscretion you have i grieve to say already committed since your entrance within these walls then after another solemn pause during which miss st clair sat in speechless amazement he resumed with more than senatorial dignity i wish to be correctly informed at what hour you quitted your apartment this morning miss st clair indeed my lord i cannot tell answered gertrude with perfect naivete i had forgot to wind up my watch and i did not hear any clock strike but from the appearance of the morning i am sure it was early and what may i ask was the mode or manner miss st clair by which you thought proper to quit my house at so untimely and unusual an hour demanded the earl in a voice of repressed emotion gertrude blushed i am afraid i was guilty of a transgression my lord for which i ask your pardon but allured by the fineness of the morning and the beauty of the scenery i was desirous of getting out to enjoy them and having in vain tried to make my way through a door i was tempted to escape by a window miss st clair spoke with so much simplicity and gentleness and there was so much sweetness and even melody in her voice and accent that any other than lord rossville would have wished her offence had been greater that her apology might have been longer not so his lordship who possessed neither taste nor ear and was alive to no charm but what he called propriety at the conclusion of his niece's acknowledgment the earl struck his forehead and took two or three turns up and down the room then suddenly stopping are you at all aware miss st clair of the glaring the i must say gross impropriety of such a step in itself of the still more gross construction that will be put upon it by the world the simple fact has only to be told and one inference and but one will be drawn you have quitted the apartment assigned to you under my roof at a nameless untimely consequently unbefitting hour and you rashly wantonly and improperly precipitate yourself from a window and what window why the window of my private sitting-room a young female is seen issuing from the window of my study at a nameless hour in the morning the tale circulates and where i ask am i where was you asked lady betty mrs st clair put her handkerchief to her face i am very sorry my lord that i should have done anything to displease you if i have done wrong if you have done wrong good heavens is it thus you view the matter miss st clair what i think wrong who that has proper feelings of delicacy and propriety who that has a due regard for character and reputation but must view the matter precisely as i do such a step and at such an hour and his lordship resumed his troubled walk unacquainted with her uncle's character and ignorant of the manners and customs of the country 
gertrude was led to believe she had committed a much more serious offence than she had been aware of and she was at length wrought up to that degree of distress which the earl deemed necessary to mark her contrition softened at witnessing the effect of his power which he imputed to the fine style of his language he now took his niece's hand and addressed her in what he intended for a more consolatory strain i have considered it my duty a painful one doubtless but nevertheless my duty to point out to you the impropriety you have i hope and believe inadvertently committed as a member of my family and one for whose actions the world will naturally consider me responsible it is necessary that i should henceforth take upon myself the entire regulation of your future manners and conduct in life you madam to mrs st clair have delegated to me the authority of a parent and i should ill merit so important a trust were i to shrink from the discharge of the functions of the parental office miss st clair's blood ran cold at the thoughts of being subjected to such thraldom but before dismissing this subject i trust for ever let me here state to you my sentiments with regard to young ladies walking before breakfast a practice of which i must confess i have always disapproved i am aware it is a practice that has the sanction of many highly respectable authorities who have written on the subject of female ethics but i own i cannot approve of young ladies of rank and family leaving their apartments at the same hour with chambermaids and dairymaids and walking out unattended at an hour when only the lower orders of the people are abroad walking before breakfast then i must consider as a most rude masculine habit as the right honourable edmund burke observes an air of robustness and strength is highly prejudicial to beauty that is as i apprehend female beauty while an appearance of fragility is no less essential to it and certainly nothing in my opinion can be more unbecoming more unfeminine than to behold a young lady seat herself at the breakfast-table with the complexion of a dairymaid and the appetite of a ploughman at the same time i am an advocate for early rising as there are doubtless many ways in which young ladies may spend their mornings without rambling abroad and you will find by looking in your dressing-room that i have made ample provision for your instruction and amusement and delight let morning walks therefore from henceforth have an end and he pressed his niece's hand with that air of pompous forgiveness so revolting from one human being to another luckily his lordship was here summoned away but ere he left the room he signified his intention of returning in an hour to show the ladies what was most worthy of observation in the castle and the means absurd as this scene may appear few will deny the undue importance which many people attach to the trifles of life and how often molehills are magnified into mountains by those with whom trifles are indeed the sum of human things End of section five